You are now tuned in to the Addicted to Success.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next level game changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on Addicted to Success.com. Now, before we get into this interview, I have an exclusive opportunity for you that I'd love to bring to your attention. And that is I have just launched a six to 12 month mastermind called the Circle of Influence, where I'll be taking you under my wing to show you how to build a platform online that generates an income for you so you can have more freedom in your life. I'm also going to show you how to become a powerful influencer online so that you can score interviews and so you can get exposure on major publications and platforms. And I'm going to even show you how to build these platforms yourself, such as a website, podcast, a YouTube channel, and a social media following so that you can get your message out there to millions. I'm also going to show you how to network with other incredible leaders online so that you can interview them and so that you can collaborate with them and really show you how to refine your story so you can share it in an unforgettable way to score more interviews, to score book deals, and to gain more speaking opportunities so that you can become a powerhouse leader. Now, if this speaks to you, make sure you head over to IamJoelBrown.com slash apply and get in before I close my doors on this live interactive exclusive opportunity where I'm going to go deep with you and with the community of Circle of Influence Game Changers. Don't miss this. Now, let's get into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with Yaya Bakar. Now, Yaya just (laughs) has just gotten back from our event in Bali, Indonesia. He flew out to support our tribe. He showed up in such an amazing and an electric way. Uh, And what I really love about Yaya is he wears his heart on his sleeve. But he also has the courage to get out of his own way and step into his greatness all while inspiring other people how to do the exact same thing. Now, Yaya has spoken on over 500 stages around the world. Uh, He runs online programs that really empower people to sell their story in a way where it is enrolling others into what is true and what is authentic for them. And he also runs an incredible training program where he teaches you how to really be the best version of yourself and how to do it from stage, but also how to sell and share opportunities with others so that you can step up in your business and impact more people in this world. So Yaya, thank you so much, man, for showing up on the Addicted to Success podcast. I, I know it's going to be electric because the event that you just spoke at, that Elevate event, man, you tore the roof off that thing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, honored to serve, man. Honored to serve. Thank you, man. Uh, you know, one of the things I really wanted to jam on with you today is this whole idea of getting out of your own way so that you can share your story powerfully. I think a lot of people are really, they have this story inside of them or they, they know they have this gift or this, this kind of this message uh, or this idea that they want to get out there, but they keep getting in their own way. So how can we break through this, man? If you could kind of just intertwine it with parts of like your story, your experiences too, I think this would really uh, allow the listeners to really get, get some strong points on how they too can step into their greatness. 
Absolutely. So uh, without getting too much into myself, this is mainly about um, serving your, your audience. I'll just briefly share that, you know, I never wanted to become a speaker or a coach. I was, I actually wanted to become a personal trainer and my, my parents suggested that I should be either become a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, or a doctor. That's, that's what happens when you have a Middle Eastern parents, they pressure you to become a doctor, right? So right. I, I ended up going to undergrad to take my prerequisites to become a doctor, had a full scholarship at Arizona State University uh, and then I, I just said it wasn't for me I went to another school I transferred where my, my scholarship didn't transfer and it was a very progressive school where they taught meditation twice a day uh, they would measure your brain waves to see how coherent your brain activity would be and um, in that type of environment keep in mind I was for so many years of my life I was pretending to be someone that I wasn't just to win the acceptance and approval of people who I thought cared about me specifically my father and um, I was just walking on eggshells all the time maintaining the facade maintaining the lie uh, just because I confuse love with adoration or acceptance and so when I went into the school where they taught like meditation, I got the opportunity to discover more of my own voice, more about who I am. I was put in an environment where I didn't have to um, succumb to the opinions and, and uh, the opinions and suggestions of other people and what they wanted for me. So at that school, I realized about one semester left until I was supposed to graduate with my bachelor's degree that this wasn't for me. I, I didn't want to become a doctor. This was mainly for my parents. And, and then um, I dropped out of college. I went back to uh, New Jersey where I was living uh, at the time. And I told my father and he basically said, hey, you got to go back and finish what you started or you're not living in this house. And so my friend heard about my situation. He invited me into his home and he was like, dude, I think you should become a motivational speaker and life coach for young people. Now, obviously I'm leaving out a lot of details for the sake of time here, but he suggested I become a speaker and coach. And so from, from that moment, he basically um, said, listen, man, you have, a, you have a positive attitude. You like helping people and you have a big ass mouth. Might as well just share your message and, and help people. So I was like, all right, cool. So next day I went on Google and I typed in motivational speaking and life coaching programs for young people. After doing some research, I found two programs. One was a speaking program. The other was a coaching program by Tony Robbins. Um, and I found out that it was a total of like 9,000 US dollars. And I'm like, whoa, like that's a lot of money. You know, I have $50,000 of student debt. I have no job, no degree. I have $47 in my bank account and I'm living at my friend's house you know, because he's taking care of me for now. Um, where am I going to get that money? So I got super resourceful because I watched a video of Tony Robbins on YouTube called resources versus resourcefulness. And it basically says, it's not about having the money. It's about getting resourceful. If you have the energy, you have the drive, you have the will, you have the mindset, you can get what you need to get done. At the end of the day, we're all paying a price, whether we're paying a price with our time or money, we're always paying a price. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever I can. Long story short, I got super resourceful ended up raising uh, $9,000, uh, one from, you know, getting donations for about $4,000 and the other is getting two jobs. Uh, and I share this to prove a point here. After I took all that money, I put it all into the coaching programs, the, both the speaking and coaching program. Within one year, I launched my speaking career. 
And I was one of the top speakers in the country, in the United States. Um, and I became dean of students at the speaker program that I went to because they wanted me to teach how I was able to, from starting from scratch with no speaking experience whatsoever, how I was able to build a speaking career so, so well. And, and then I was the youngest graduate in Tony Robbins coaching program. So when it comes to getting out of your own way, the key is to realize that you don't need to know what the way looks like. And I think what happens for a lot of people is they need to figure out the how. Well, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know what, it, what that's going to look like. And I never knew how. I never knew how to do a presentation. I never knew what my, my next steps were going to look like. Like, you got to keep in mind, my entire life was built on a facade and an image pretending to be someone that I wasn't uh, just to win the acceptance and approval of my father. And... I like facing that fear of doing something against the grain was, was very scary for me. And I think that's the point for a lot of people who are listening to this. Maybe somebody wants to build their brand. Maybe they want to speak on stage. Maybe they want to approach someone that they really love or care about um, or they're attracted to. The thing that stops them, the thing that gets in their way is that they're worried about what may happen once they go and, and, and step up and show up. And once you could just make peace with not knowing what the outcome is going to look like, but knowing who you are, like knowing that you are the type of person, regardless of what happens, where there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. There's no such thing as, you know, hitting rock bottom, because even if when you do hit rock bottom, the only direction you got to go is up, right? So it's like, it's just a perspective of, of embracing whatever comes, whatever storm may come your way to just realize like, hey, at the end of the day, I am, I choose to be this type of person who will uh, take the gold and throw out the dirt, period. And when you have that mentality, when you have that mindset, you become unstoppable in your business, with your brand, in your life, in your relationships. Regardless, you just become so magnetic because of how you decided to show up for yourself. So. I know that's, that's a roundabout way for me to you know, talk about you know, how to get out of your own way, but it's, it's really that simple. And what I, like to, what I like to encourage, whether my clients or my followers online, um, it's, listen, the things that make you human are the things that make you influential. And so many people, they're afraid to showcase their vulnerability because they see it as a weakness. But I don't see vulnerability as a weakness. I see your vulnerability as a weapon, a weapon that can dismantle and disarm the biggest defenses, whether it's from your clients, whether it's, it's from the, your family, your friends, because it shows that you're real. And that's what people want. So when you come from that perspective, there's really no getting out of your own way. It's, it's, it's allowing yourself to be who you are. That's it. And it's letting go of who you think you should be. That's it. Damn. That's all I would say. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just huh. went on a, a little rant right there. Mike. <laughs> I, I, I have my no, coffee I, this morning, so it's kicking <laughs> in. <laughs> no, I love this, man. I love it because, you know, you're sharing your story. And it's really cool because I think a lot of people are like, okay, well, what's the hack? Or like, what's the tip or the trick? And you're like, man, I realize that there isn't like this thing that you need to get out of the way of. It's like you, the path is there, man. I, I don't know if I shared this at the event, but I said like, you've got to ask yourself the question of what is blocking me from realizing that I'm already there. 
Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We so much. So we're like thinking that there's going to be that one answer somewhere outside of us. Right. Yes. And, and, and it's, it's never outside of us. And here's, you know what it boils down to, dude? One word. Mm-hmm. Trust. Yeah. Trust. That's yep. it. It's, it's so funny. Um, the way that I built my family life, the way that I built my businesses, it's all based on one value. Trust. Trust for me stands for five key traits that like if, if I'm going to be like building a team or whatever, like they would, they'd have to go through this filter. And it stands for T, transparency, R, results, U, understanding, S, synergy, and T, transformation. In order to get to those five key traits, you need, you must trust yourself enough to be able to attract the necessary people, places, and opportunities that can build your vision and your mission. Most people don't trust themselves enough because they're afraid. They're afraid that they might fail. They're afraid that they might be rejected. They're afraid that they might sabotage their own success out of fear of disappointing people closest to them. And what I'm saying is the sooner, the faster, the more able you're, you are willing to trust yourself in the process, that's when confidence will be a byproduct. That's when charisma will be a byproduct. That's when courage will be a byproduct. And that's all you need, courage. You said something in the very beginning of this intro is like, dude, one thing that I, I acknowledge about Yaya or that I see is that you'll get to know that he wears his heart on his sleeve. And it's yeah. so true. Even the tattoo that I have, the full sleeve, it's called the warrior's heart. Is because before you can get any type of confidence, before you can get anything, you need that courage to put yourself out there. And with that courage, there still might be some fear, but there, might be, there needs to be some trust in yourself enough to figure it out along the way. Damn. Yes, yes, yes. You're speaking so much truth right now. And if you're listening right now, I want you to really reflect on this. I want you to really think about this. How are you showing up in the world? Like, Mm -hmm. are you being as transparent as you can be? I saw uh, something online the other day where it said something along the lines of transparency may be the most disruptive uh, and far reaching innovation to come out of social media. Yes. I love that. It's like, it's encouraging. It's, It's like, man, it's going to get to a point in the social media where people will not buy your stuff, join you, c- collaborate with you in any kind of way if you're not transparent because the BS meter is so high on people now that like the general public isn't even fooled anymore. Right. And, and, and this, this should give everyone permission to be imperfect in public. It's so funny when I coach clients, whether it's, it's about building their brand or whether they want to be, build seven figure coaching and speaking business, regardless of whatever it is, right? It's almost, they almost come with this expectation that, okay, so how do I need to position myself and what do I need to present myself like? And wh- what I do is I do my best and I'm not perfect at it, but I do my best to give them permission to be imperfect, but it, in the right context publicly. So what that means is, one of my early mentors taught me this, so I'd love to give credit where credit is due. His name is Josh Shipp. He said, our imperfections make us human and our humanity makes us influential. And I like to believe, I I love to believe that if there's something about you that you are ashamed to admit or that you can't fix, feature it. 
If you can't fix it, feature it. Because the very things that, that make you awkward, you need to acknowledge it. Because that will make everyone comfortable around you. And what more people are looking for, like even when it comes to business, people don't do business with people they don't trust. And the fastest way that they will trust you is by you showcasing your humanity, your vulnerability, your authenticity, your transparency, right? Because now they see like, oh, okay. And, and you see it happening in social media. Like right now, all the people who would like, you know, and I have nothing against because a lot of these are, uh, a lot of these people are like my colleagues and my friends, you know, they would showcase the Lamborghinis, the cars, like even like all that kind of stuff. And, and they, it's almost a showcasing the highlight reel, right? But yeah. it, it, it's so aspirational that they don't feel like they can reach that. And what, what's happening now with a lot of companies, I don't know if you've experienced this, uh, Joel, or seen this behind the scenes, but um, a lot of these big, big companies who used to pay influencers who have huge followers and, you know, they had the perfect, you know, Instagram feed and the way that it looks, looks so amazing. Now they're shifting to focusing on, quote unquote, the smaller accounts who actually have way more trust, loyalty, and engagement within your tribe. Yeah. And probably, probably because a lot of these accounts have fake followers too, right? It gets to a point, right. you, you know it too, right? You see it. You can see the engagement rate is off. Yeah. They yes. have hundreds of thousands of followers, but then they have like a thousand views on their videos. It's like, wait a minute, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, 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 it's and so some funny. of these big accounts, you can't really tell if they're in the millions, you can't tell how many fakes they've bought. So these companies are getting smarter at picking this and they're asking them to send screenshots of the plays on their Insta stories. They want right. to see statistics. They want to see their insights. It's good. It's good, man. It's weeding out the BS. Yeah. Um, one, one of the things I was going to say to the perfectionist thing that you're talking about before, it's really funny, man. I was in Sydney. This is about three years ago. And I had this really nice white crisp tea and I go to this uh, juice, juice shop and they have coffee there. And I, so I grab myself a coffee and as I'm walking towards uh, back towards the counter to put a lid on my coffee, cause I was leaving, uh, I, my sunglasses fell off my shirt and I went to catch it with my arm that I was holding coffee in and I spilled coffee all over the front of my white shirt. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because Emil and I were running a program around confidence at the time. And I messaged him. It's called Master Confidence. I was like, dude, how's this? Master Confidence. Now I have to walk down the street in the middle of Sydney in the city to go and get a new shirt now because I'm like a spilled coffee. He's laughing right. his head off. And I was walking through the street. I didn't end up buying a shirt till about two and a half hours later. I, would I actually started falling in love with, the, with this whole process of walking down the street and people were looking at me and yeah. looking at my shirt. But I like got used to it to the point where I was like, whatever. And eventually got one because I, I needed to go speak somewhere. But um, I love that. what I did was I, with my client, uh, she had this perfectionist thing. So I told her, I go, I want you to go and pour red wine on uh, an item of clothing. And I want you to walk down the street and rock this out for an hour. And she filmed the whole thing. She did it. <laughs> that's and, and awesome. And it supported her in breaking through her perfectionism. And I love that because it's like, that's human, right? It's like, we make mistakes. We spill things. We, yes. we, we don't say the perfect words. And even when you and I, when we speak on stage, not everything is crisp, you know, we right. can get better and better over time, but we still say, um, and are, and like, and you know, sometimes mm -hmm. natural and people are receiving that more and more nowadays. It's more relatable. And, and, and I'll, just to add to what you're saying, it's the person who's the most comfortable with their own emotions, with their own imperfections, 
has the power to influence others the most. Yeah. And, and influence. Yeah. And it's like, just be comfortable with who you are, with where you're at. Like I am so comfortable with who I am because I'm confident in where I'm going. And, 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 and just so you guys know, this is not like, this is not about boasting or like, wow, you know, this guy's too into himself or anything like that. Like I want myself to be a great example of what's possible for you. doesn't mean that you have to be super high energy. Cause I'm not like this all the time. I'm just like the coffee is really kicking in, but, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I, like honestly, it's whoever I am, wherever I'm at, like, how can I be the most unapologetically version of me? Like I want to be unapologetically self-expressed and give other people permission to be themselves and unconditionally love themselves. Because the sooner we can come to that point, the faster we'll be able to help other people and not by trying to help them because we feel like we need to save them, but by helping them by how we're showing up by example and how we're leading and living our lives. And that's, that's all. Yeah. That's a full cup. Exactly. Exactly. Man, you're asking the right questions, Joel. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, man. This, are you guys enjoying this or what? Are you, are you like taking down notes? Because I'm loving this shit. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The marketing legend, Seth Godin. You know Seth Godin? Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. So he says, people do not buy goods and services. They buy relations, stories, and magic. Yeah. I'd love to hear your, uh, your points and your uh, feedback on that. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I mean, we've heard this thrown around in our industry. People buy people. They don't buy our products or services, right? It's very similar right. to what he says. And I'd actually, I would challenge that and, or I would add that people don't just buy people. People buy stories. And this is, this is the reason why I don't necessarily believe in storytelling. I believe in story selling. Um, the reason why people feel uncomfortable about selling, right? Like in reality, we're always selling. We're always selling, regardless of what it is. You're, like, I'm talking to my one, one-year-old daughter about, hey, honey, like, that's not good. Like, or don't, don't do this or whatever. I'm selling her an idea of what's better for her in that moment. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm talking about a, a specific product that I want to sell or I want to bring out to the market, I'm, I, I'm still sharing my story along it. So w- w- uh, I, I learned this. I forgot what the book was. I wish I could give credit. Um, anyway, it's some, something along the idea of, of story selling and it, stories have been used for generations. It's the, it's the, every, every single person in this world has a story, whether you comparing your story to somebody else's that's on you. You don't need to do that because at the end of the day, most people, they feel like even in, in our industry, like there's so many people, you and I would do something very similar. There are like, I do something very similar to a bunch of other people in the industry. But there's this, there's this idea or this notion of competition. Oh, what are our competitors doing? And I laugh hysterically every time someone talks about competition. Because I'm like, dude, if you're being 100% you, there is no competition. You only compete when you're a commodity or when your brand or your, your product or service is only based on what you do, not who you are. Yeah. And I find that it's so interesting because the more we give ourselves permission to share our stories, to own our stories, to use our stories in service to our audience, in service to our customers, in service to our clients, the more likely we're able to heal humanity a lot faster. Because I believe entrepreneurs are going to solve the world's biggest problems. 
And every entrepreneur needs to share their story because the story is going to create the most amount of trust. And as all these industry gurus and leaders say, people buy people, people buy relationships. What they really are buying are the stories that generate trust within the relationship. That's what it is. And, um, and so, so like the, it's, it's so interesting because some, a lot of people, even people who are listening to this right now, and I felt this way, we, there's, there's so much like a, a feeling of like, oh, I don't want to be sleazy or salesy. It's almost like that, that snake oil salesman, right? Like uh, or a car salesman, no offense to anybody who, who sells cars, but like, there's like, Hey, you can buy, buy now, or, or you got to buy this. And then they create this force uh, scarcity. And what I'm saying is like, when you honestly share a story that is authentic, that is genuine, that is true to who you are, you're selling without selling. In fact, it's, it's invisible selling. And nothing sells better than a story, whether you're building a personal brand, whether you have a company brand, because a story reveals the why and the who behind the what and the how. Yeah, that is so true. You're right. You're right. And I think that when you can speak powerfully, it evokes this emotion and emotion and imagination is what locks it into to the memory bank. Yep. hundred percent. I, I, I learn lessons really easily through story. Right. Yeah. Because someone's is, sharing a piece of them with you. Whereas if you get up on stage and just tell people what to do, it's just one dimensional. Yes, exactly. And it's so interesting because the purpose of all storytelling or story selling is to elicit an emotion, right? It, it, yeah. So what, what I do, um, with some of my, my, my coaching clients who want to become better speakers, I, I always say like, if you're not alive, you're dead to your audience. And uh, dead stands for, if you were to break it down in an acronym, D-E-A-D, stands for disappointing, embarrassing, annoying, and dreadful to watch and listen to. Wow. Alive. Yeah. Alive. It, my name, Yaya, in Arabic translates to, to the word alive. And my mission is to help others come alive in everything that they do in business and life and their relationships. And alive stands for A-L-I-V-E, authentic, likable, influential, vulnerable, and empathetic. And what people just like, what they just need to do is in order to become alive is they just need to be human. Because as we're living, as we're being who we are, naturally we can connect with our audience and they can feel that emotional, like, because that's what people want. They want, how do I captivate my audience? How do I capture their hearts? How do I connect with them more deeply? You do that by showcasing the real you. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to use F-bombs every five seconds or you have to do this or do that. Like, like saying the F-word doesn't make you authentic, right? But if who you are is this like weird awkward person i always say like acknowledge your awkwardness like if you're a if you're a weird person and you generally are weird about it and you've been ashamed about showcasing that and you're trying to put on a front that you're not weird that is actually hurting you and your audience versus helping you and your audience and so what i like to do is again if you can't fix it feature it acknowledge the awkwardness in the room and automatically you make people feel more comfortable around you because you're giving them permission to be themselves around you. And people will never remember what you say. They'll only remember how you make them feel. 
And so if they feel safe around you, guess what that's going to do? That's going to increase more trust. They're going to come alive around you. You're going to come off more confident, but you're not really confident. You're just comfortable with who you are. And that's what is the byproduct of that magnetism, that charisma, that confidence. And so it's a, everything that I'm sharing is kind of like a roundabout way of saying, give yourself permission to be yourself in public. And the very thing that you're trying to quote unquote present or perform or persuade others, like you don't need to do that when you're just you. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Now I feel that. Amen, brother. You know, I meet a lot of people that are great at speaking on stage. Uh, mm-hmm. They are great at speaking in you know, small groups, social interactions, but they're really scared to get on camera. Mm. How do we tackle this? Okay, so really, right really simple. Really simple. Would you be scared to have a candid conversation with your best friend? Anybody who's listening to this, would you be scared? Like ask yourself, like if I'm talking to my best friend, would, uh, regardless of whether it's on a phone, on, uh, in person or on camera, would, would I choke up? The answer is no, right? No, nobody's like, oh no, it's my friend. So what if behind that camera, in your mind's eye, you were imagining that you were speaking to your best friend? And if it's not your best friend, what if they were someone that you deeply care about you know in in business in the line of work that we do the the first the most important question to ask before you start building out your products or your offer or your presentation is who's my buyer who's my audience who's my avatar who's my ideal client right what if that person isn't someone that you fabricated what if that's that person is someone that you genuinely deeply significantly care about now how you show up and you communicate to them, whether it's on camera, whether it's on stage, whether regardless of the medium or the, or the context, it can happen naturally because you're just having a conversation. Most people, they don't want a presentation. They feel like the moment the camera's pointing at them, they have to actually present. No, what most people want is a conversation. They don't want a presentation. People want a conversation and that conversation. So this is like a little formula that I have. I call it the, the four C's right? C number one, context, right? Identify what the context is and set the context in the beginning. Key number two is connection. Establish the connection by sharing your story, by sharing why, why you care about them and how you understand what they're going through. Third key is content. Share what you know in your head. After you capture their hearts, then share what's on your mind. Don't just go right into the content. And then fourth C, convert. And that convert comes from a conversation, right? So like in the, in the word conversation, there's like the root word of convert, right? Convert. So it's taking that next stage. Whether you're trying to have them buy a book or become a client or have them reach out to you for a free call or just, just asking them out on a date. This is the process. Regardless of who it is, this is, this is psychology one-on-one, regardless of the medium, whether it's on camera or on stage or in person. And so I challenge and I invite every single one of you, if you're telling yourself or you're selling yourself the story that, ah, oh, I just hate being on camera because it feels so awkward, ask yourself, 
Would you feel the same way if you're FaceTiming or doing a video call with your best friend, your family member, someone that you deeply care about, a client that you deeply want to serve because you, you, you feel for them? Of course you wouldn't. So the sooner you can let go of that story and start selling yourself the truth and the reality of what's possible for you, the faster you'll be able to serve and show up more powerfully. Mm. Brother, I love that breakdown, the four C's. It's so good. You've got a lot of great frameworks and structures there for us to follow. So thank you, man. Listening right now, make sure you write these down. Go back and listen to it again if you need to, to note this down and have it like stick it up on the wall, put it on your wallpaper, on your your smartphone, whatever you need to do to remind yourself of these and, and practice living in it. Cause that's the key, right? Is to practice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You are obviously a very dope, powerful speaker. Hands Thank down you. without a doubt. Right. Thank you. What is your other superpower? Mm. Ooh. Oh, I love that. Nobody has ever asked me that question. That's a great question. Um, I honestly, I was thinking about this is, is giving people permission to be unapologetically self-expressed and unconditionally love themselves. Mm. That I feel you, like, how do you do, how do you find yourself doing that? I, by, by calling myself out, like by catching myself when I am, when I'm putting on a facade or pretending to be someone that I'm not just to impress others or to gain some form of validation, acceptance, approval, or applause. I'm like, I'm very quick to call it out. And because I'm so comfortable in doing that, because it's not, it's not to impress other people. It's because I know what my standards are and I know who I'm being and who I'm not being when I, when I move into that direction. So it's like, so like, it's, it's just, I'm just so good at like calling my own BS, right? My, the BS, my belief systems and, and the, and the bull that that's not serving me and who I am and who I'm destined to become. So because I, I do that so unapologetically and I, uh, I, I basically wear my heart on my sleeve, like moment to moment, um, other people naturally feel like, oh, th- if he can do it, then why can't I? And so, so yeah, I, I would say like that would be um, my, my superpower is just being able to just, just be who I am and give other people permission to be themselves. Mm, such a noble virtue, man. I love it. And it's, you're always doing it, right? It's, you never, you're never fully there. It's just, you keep, keep yes. going and keep, keep implementing. I love, I love saying, uh, I, I love saying like, uh, I'm a masterpiece. That's a work in progress. <laughs> like, living, no, legend. But, <laughs> the living legend, but, but this is, I, I would like to leave you guys with this. I don't believe in self-improvement as much as I believe in self-acceptance. There's a quote by Dr. Robert Holden. He says, no amount of self-improvement can ever make up for a lack of self-acceptance. And this really hits home because for so many years, I've been, I've been in the personal development world since I was 15 years old, studying, reading, being a part of it in the industry. And I almost got caught up in becoming like a, a, a self-help junkie. I buy books, but I'm not trying to increase my self-esteem. I was increasing my shelf-esteem, right? I was struggling with infobesity, which was uh, like inundating myself with too much information, thinking that if I just knew this or if I become this, maybe I'll be like this, then I can be ready to put myself out there. And what's, what's so interesting is like similar to a seed, a seed within the seed, in its, in its DNA, it has a blueprint to become who it's destined to be, whether it's a tree, whether it's a flower, whatever it is, whatever it's destined to be, it has everything it's need. It's complete. The same way that every single one of us in this moment are already complete. 
but our journey hasn't been completed yet. We're a masterpiece that's still a work in progress. Your job as the seed is being planted in the world, your job is to do whatever you can to nurture, to, to provide the nourishment, the water, the sun, the soil, everything that you need to grow into who you're destined to become. And don't judge yourself and don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 20. Don't do that because a seed would never do that. A seed respects the natural progression of development and growth. It doesn't criticize itself to having to improve itself or fix itself to be something or someone that it isn't. And the sooner you come to know that you are complete as you are, but your journey isn't completed yet, the faster you can step into your purpose. I promise you that. Damn, dude. You just jumped and leaped over buildings in a toll bound. <laughs> <laughs> Crushing it, man. I was like, what, what? Like, wow. Okay. You know what's funny? Because every single interview that I do, I don't know if you've listened to a number of mine, but at the end, I always ask this question. And even Tony Robbins kind of tripped on it when I asked him. It's, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that, that last 30 seconds sound like? And I feel like you already did it. That was, <laughs> it, was it. Like, that was it. It was like a two-minute one, but it, like, it, <laughs> it has the power punch of a 30-second I love that. <laughs> um, um, and I'll just say it. If, if we're going to end it in a 30-second, I'll just say this. You're enough because you're alive. That's it. Uh, it, that's it you're enough because yeah. you're alive anything else yeah. you think you need to be or do that that's just a story you're telling yourself love that love that yeah yeah before we wrap up because i know you need to bounce out uh where can we find you and also uh how can we be a part of your program or learn from you how to speak powerfully and how to sell your story to impact more lives how do we do this? oh uh, I love it. So two places where you can find my work. First, I have a, I have a PDF. It's completely free. Um, it's, uh, it's called the five steps to become a world-class speaker. A lot of the stuff that I shared here, you can find it more in depth. So if you're taking notes, you're like, man, what do you say? Uh, you can dive in at the PDF. If you go to worldclassspeaker.com forward slash blueprint, you can download the blueprint there. Uh, and if you just want to follow what I do, you know, my journey of I'm, I'm a family man. I like to showcase. I'm on a mission to change the direction of my family tree. And I like to share my personal life with people to create a possibility for people out there who, who maybe don't have the right model or anything like that to see what's possible out there. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram. That's my main platform. And, and my name is spelled Y-A-H-Y-A. B as in boy, A-K-K-A-R. So Yaya Bakar, you can find me, stalk me there and, and feel uh, free to send me a message. Let me know that you came from, from Joel and Addicted Success. Uh, I'll take good care of you. And I always like to start a conversation from there. Love it, brother. Love it. Thank you so much for jumping in, man. And thank you for being the first guest <laughs> to kill my flow by already <laughs> saying the 30 second speech before I get to do it. <laughs> I made history. It's so, yes. dude, it's so, it's so funny, man. Cause like every, every time I do that question, they answer and then I just cut it like right at the answer powerfully. But dude, you melted the mic. You did really well. Thank you so much. Oh, Thank you, man. Appreciate and I love it. you. I love you. I love what you're doing. And uh, I'm so grateful that there are people like you out there in the world who are really making a huge impact and difference. And for those of you who are watching and listening to Joel and Dick's success, like, just know not, not a lot of people who, who are public figures are who they say they are. Uh, I know I've been in that, that trap before. Um, and Joel, you are who you are 
online and offline. And I'm just happy that you're a man of integrity, a man of your word. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you serve in the way that you do. So thank you for having me here. And thank you for allowing me to serve your audience. Uh, big love, bro. Thanks a million. Love Thanks you, man. Jumping on, man. Appreciate you. Peace.